Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Thank you so much for all of you that tune in and listen to each episode and give feedback. I truly do appreciate that. And I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I had a lot of questions being sent in regarding eschatology, which is the study of end times. So a lot of people were just sending in questions regarding the end times and future events. So many people were asking about what takes place in the future regarding a certain event that the Bible speaks of. And so I decided that I would just dedicate a few episodes on the podcast just going one by one or event by event through each of these events that have not yet come to pass in history and so we're still waiting for them to take place that's what scripture tells us is going to take place we're still waiting on that to happen and so all these events we're looking ahead to what the Bible clearly speaks about but has not yet taken place and so as you read your Bible all throughout the Old Testament there are prophecies that have come true much larger ones such as the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, the place of his birth, the events surrounding his birth, then his death as foretold. It was foretold exactly how it would happen. He would be beaten, he would be scourged, he would hang on a cross, and then his resurrection. All of that was prophesied in the Old Testament and then brought to pass in the New Testament. And so there are a lot of things that were told in Scripture, prophesied in Scripture, that have already taken place. But there are also things that were spoken about in the Old and New Testament Uh, about events that still have not yet happened in our world. And so my prayer through these next few episodes is to unpack these future events and see what is next uh, to take place on God's calendar. So we're going to go event by event up until the destruction of this world as we know it, up until eternity begins, and then there's some things we can look at with that. But up until eternity begins and this world as we know it ceases to exist, we'll look at all of those events one by one on the next couple of episodes. And so I don't plan to take too long on each event just to kind of give an overview of what scripture has to say about these events just quickly and we'll move right along from episode to episode. So most Christians that you will talk to, at least that I know anyway, will say with great confidence after studying scripture that the next event that is set to take place in our world according to scripture on the timetable of God is what we would call the rapture of the church. So you're always going to get that one person who says, well, the word rapture, it's not found in the Bible and the English Bible. And they're they're correct. So you can study your you can study the Bible and you'll look through it and you will not find the English word rapture in scripture. However, that does not mean that it's not true and that it's not there. We know from studying scripture and looking at the Greek words behind the English words that we have in fact the teaching of the rapture throughout scripture. So the word rapture comes from the Latin translation of the Greek word for caught up, which we find those words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. And so that says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. There's the words caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be 
with the Lord. So that comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. And at this event that is being spoken about in 1 Thessalonians at chapter 4, it is when the living believers will be caught up suddenly to meet Jesus Christ in the air. We will be changed. Our old sinful bodies will immediately change to perfect sinless bodies. And so remember, we're not being changed in this moment because of something that you and I have done. We are sinful, and we do not deserve this sanctification and glorification, uh, being changed into righteous bodies. We do not deserve that. We are changed in the moment solely because of what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross 2,000 years ago. So to be raptured is the state or experience of being carried away to a different home which will take place for all believers at this event when we are called up and carried away to meet Jesus, and so shall we ever be with Jesus. The rapture of the church simply means the carrying away of the church from earth to heaven, which heaven being our new home. The word caught up in 1 Thessalonians in the Latin is raptuo, which comes from the Greek word harpazo, which literally means to snatch or to take away. This word is used elsewhere in scripture, uh, one referring to when the spirit caught up Philip near Gaza and brought him to Caesarea. Also, when Paul was caught up to the third heaven. And so looking at those passages and how the wording is used there, we can say with great confidence that there is no confusion about the word caught up in 1 Thessalonians 4 for all believers. We know with great confidence that it literally means to take away, to snatch away, and in context with the verse that's being written in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, who is being taken away is us as believers being taken by Jesus Christ. And so what takes place at the rapture of the church is some questions that have been asked. What exactly takes place? So it begins with the return of the Lord. Verse 16 here in first Thessalonians chapter 4 says this for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and here verse 17 again then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord and so what takes place at the rapture it begins with the return of the Lord now this is not the same event as the second coming of Christ During the rapture of the church, Jesus steps out on the clouds. He steps out into the atmosphere to call the church home. He doesn't literally step foot on earth like he will during the second coming. So there's a lot of confusion regarding these two very different events in history or in the future, rather. They're not the same. So many people will get the second coming confused with the rapture. They're not the same event. They are two separate events on God's prophetic time calendar. The rapture's first, then the second coming is years later, depending on how you believe when the rapture takes place. And so we'll look at the second coming of Christ in detail in another episode in a couple of weeks. But when he does step out to call us or snatch us as believers away, the Bible tells us that there will be a shout of command or a summons rather. And so this shout could be uttered by the Lord himself because it says in verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. But then it says with the voice of the archangel. So the voice could be from the Lord himself, or it could be from the archangel. However, scripture's clear there is a summons there for all of the believers to rise and be called to meet Jesus. But we do know there is that shout. And so then the Bible's clear that there will be a trumpet sounding, the trumpet of God will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That will summon the dead in Christ to their resurrection. So verse 16 says again, 
And then, and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so they will be caught up. They will be snatched away out of their resting place, out of their grave. Their bodies will be caught up in that moment. And that's such a great promise to look forward to as believers, is knowing that we will one day be reunited with those who have died in the flesh, but they will, but, but they are alive in the spirit. And one day we will be reunited with those bodies. They will, they will be reunited with those bodies. And we get to be reunited with all the loved ones that have died in the faith before us. And so we get to spend forever and they get to spend forever with the Lord after this event. And so we will then be as believers caught up to meet Jesus. So first, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up at the very moment, called up to meet Jesus in the air. And those who have died will meet all of them in the air there with Jesus for a fantastic reunion as we get to look at our Savior face to face. This event will also be evidence to those that clearly rejected Jesus that they're now left behind and they now do not have any chance or hope to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And it is eternally too late for them to place their faith in him because they rejected the opportunity of grace that they had while they were living on earth. So this whole process takes place very, very fast. This entire process will be instantaneous. It's not a gradual process where believers are snatched out here and the the dead are snatched out a few minutes later. It's not a gradual process. It's an instantaneous process. The word used in scripture is moment and in the twinkling of an eye. The word for moment is the word in which the word Adam comes from. We know the Adam, we study in biology class and anatomy and physiology, all of that, the Adam, where that comes from. When the Adam was first discovered, it was thought to be invisible. Therefore, it was named Adam. And the word today still means invisible, even though we know the Adam has been split and everything that goes into that. But the resurrection of the dead and the translation of the living will occur in, in really an invisible instant of time. It's kind of that's the best way we can put it with how scripture teaches us what's going to take place. It will occur in an invisible instant of time. And so there are many different views among believers today about when the rapture will take place in the future. But what we know for certain is when it does take place is so very quick, faster than you can blink, faster than you can think about what's taking place, faster than you can snap. The rapture has happened. The dead are burst out of the graves. We, we which are alive and remain have met the Lord in the air and it's done. It's over. It's so quick. The word that's used there for moment means literally invisible. It's an invisible instant of time. And so today, if you're an unbeliever, let me speak to you very quickly. If you think that you can make things right when you hear the trumpet, if you think you can make things right when you see the graves burst open, my friend, you're wrong. There is no time after the trumpet sounds to make things right. But right now, while you're listening to this podcast, there's still time to place your faith in Jesus. And if you miss the rapture, it's eternally too late. You can't say, well, I'll go get it right when the trumpet sounds. Nope, it's too late. The word that the scripture uses means it's really invisible. You don't know what's happened until after it's happened. And so take this very seriously if you're not a believer. Make things right with Jesus 
today. If you have questions, email me, call me, text me, meet me. I would love to take scripture and show you how you can know for sure you have a solid relationship with Jesus. But there's many views, back to talking about the rapture, there are many views among believers today about when the rapture will take place. And I believe scripture, there's three main views we're going to look at, but I believe scripture teaches the pre-tribulationism view of, of the tribulation and the rapture and all of that. So you say, well, what is that? This is the view that the rapture will take place right before the tribulation period. And so I believe it's the rapture of the church, and then there might be some time, there might not be, but then the tribulation period begins, which is the seven years of literal hell on earth, and we'll look at that in the next episode. So I believe in pre-tribulation, the pre-trib view of the rapture, which means the rapture, the tribulation, then the second coming. And so my view and what I believe scripture teaches is that the rapture takes place, and then the tribulation period starts, which is literal hell on earth, as I said. It's where God pours out his wrath on sinful man for rejecting Jesus Christ. And so a question I would ask any post-trib or mid-trib is why would the church have to experience that? We came by faith to Jesus, uh, uh, placing our faith in his finished work on the cross. And the Bible says now there is no more condemnation for those who believe in Jesus Christ. That says now. At this very moment, there is no more condemnation for those that believe in Jesus. And so we are not going to have to experience the wrath of God because we've placed our faith in Jesus who took all of the wrath of God. And so I believe the rapture is next, then the tribulation, then the second coming of Christ, then the millennium, then eternity begins. And there's some judgments in between that, which we'll look at in coming episodes. But others believe in what is called the mid-tribulation view, which means Christ will come back halfway during the seven years of tribulation. So at the three and a half year mark, after the years of peace, before the years of true hell on earth, that Christ will come back in the middle of the tribulation period. Then there are those that believe in post-tribulation uh, the viewpoint of the rapture, which means the tribulation takes place. All believers, all unsaved have to experience the whole seven years of the tribulation, and then the rapture takes place at the end of the seven years of tribulation, then the second coming of Christ. And I think and believe firmly that Scripture teaches the truth that the rapture will take place before the tribulation period. So another question that arises when we talk about the rapture or, or people often ask is, when will the rapture take place? Are we close? Can we know we're close? Can we know when it's going to happen? And the answer is, we do not know exactly when the rapture will take place. No one knows that. And so if you've got someone saying, okay, on this day, at this hour, at this time, the rapture is going to take place. They don't know. Don't listen to them. We don't know when the rapture will take place. The Bible is clear about that. It's, it's the word we use to describe the rapture as imminent because we don't know when it's going to happen, but that word means it could happen at any moment. So that means it could happen today, it could happen tomorrow, five hours from now, five years from now, 20 years from now. The point is we don't know when it's going to happen, but we know it's soon. So the answer is we don't know exactly when it will take place and there's no way for us to know. However, through scripture, we are given clues and signs to look for. And when we start to see these things take place, place in our world, we can know with great confidence that the rapture of the church is getting close, such as the seasons change. We understand we're in spring now, and so when April and March, the day started getting longer, started getting warmer, we could all say with great confidence, hey, spring is on the way, spring is just around the corner. 
So is true with the rapture. When we see the world starting to fit the mold of what Scripture says, we can know that we're close to his soon return to the snatching away of believers. In fact, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the, that the end of all things is at hand. He is speaking of the rapture as he writes to weary and persecuted believers. He's saying, hey, believers, the rapture's soon. So instead of get being down, instead of being uh, disheartened, look up. Because the rapture is soon. And so if Peter was saying nearly 2,000 years ago to his original readers that the rapture of the church was close, my question for you and I is how much closer are we? And the answer is very, very close. So, church, the rapture should not be something that we fear as believers. When, when, when we talk about the rapture, when we read these verses about the rapture, it should not be something that frightens us. In fact, we should look forward to the rapture because it is the moment we get to be with Jesus forever. We get to say goodbye to these sinful bodies, to the sinful world, and we get carried away to our new home in heaven where we get to live with Jesus forever and ever. So also, the rapture and knowing that, that it is near should motivate you and I as believers like never before to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around you. Because we all have family members, we all have friends, those around us who do not know Jesus. And if the rapture takes place, they will be left behind forever. But God has given you a mission field. God has given you a message, and that message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are to preach, to teach, and to live that message out every single day, the message of the gospel to all of those around you, warning them lovingly about the future of what will take place while teaching them about God's great grace and love toward them as sinners, that he loved them so much that he sent his own son to die for them. So I hope this episode on the rapture has helped clarify some of your questions about it. And so I look forward to as, as we continue these episodes on eschatology, looking in the next episode about the tribulation period, what is that and what all does it entail. Hope you've enjoyed this one about the rapture. And again, I hope it was instructional and I hope you benefit from it. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.